Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's Where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies Talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling To messy situationships and conscious and coupling From Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu Text sex regrets so feeling on your new jubu They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah you are invited, ah Needing therapy, I guarantee baby we got it It's Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Naomi. My name is Andy. And we're a real-life couple. A real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple of different questions from a couple of different listeners. Naomi, I don't mean to go off on a tear right away. You got it. I, I think wanna... it's the only way to do it. But, you know, here we are planning our wedding. And one of these uh, line items <laughs> on this thing that everyone says we're supposed to have is a DJ. Mm-hmm. Every time I'm like, well, no, can't we just have a playlist? And you know, one of our friends just hits play or something like that. And everyone's like, well, no, a, a DJ. Literally, everyone, everyone we've talked to, everyone DJ, on the side of the wedding industrial complex. Okay, that's what I'm gonna say. A DJ reads the room. A DJ reads the room and knows what to play next. This is not a real skill, Naomi. <laughs> this is not a real skill. Knowing whether to put a black eyed peas. Or an LMFAO song after you play Megan the Stallion is not a skill. I hear you. I hear you. I mean, my big frustration is in a world where what they tell us, like, you give the DJ the list of songs you want played. So I ain't even relying on them to curate a vibe to no top 40. They're literally going to do what I tell them to do. In which case, 
I'm not really clear on why that should cost me three to five thousand dollars. Jesus. Okay, because that's what they talk about. Also, shout out to the lovely people who have reached out to us offering their services for other things. Um, unfortunately, some of the things we already have set up, we've already locked in certain things. Uh, obviously, we will have messaged you, but I just wanted to let you guys know that because I know that if you're listening, you are invested in this. You are invested in this saga. You are invested in us becoming real in the eyes of the Lord and our families. And so I just want to let you guys know that. You but. know those Boston Dynamics robots, Naomi? You know the ones that are, will eventually kill us all? Sure. Right? After the singularity? Sure. You know when uh, Skynet becomes aware, whatever that is? Why can't... Look, instead of giving them guns, why not teach them how to DJ? <laughs> That's the only thing I will accept those insane Boston Dynamics... If, if you can they, fill them with a library of music. Yes, just let, fill, them, yeah, with a fill them with a library of today's hits. Oh, no, I read the vibe. I can feel what the what's in the air and what they need next. And what they need next is WAP. <laughs> I can do that. Anyone can do it. I mean, I think what's also, I don't know. I think because the trouble is too that Andy and I, we're not big dancers. Um, and certainly, as you can imagine, Andy does not plan on dancing indoors uh, in any capacity in this wedding. So... This idea that it's going to be some raucous damn party. Part of me is like, you play some music and people just groove wherever they want to groove. I don't know. The whole thing, just again, it just feels like it's so much extra on extra. Most of the wedding so is hard. outside, folks. Most of the wedding is outside. It's just that because of noise ordinances or some shit like that, the dancing part has to be inside. You ain't going to catch me in there. He at least maskless. He won't do it. Even even though you know the, the plan is to line the room with HEPA filters. He will not do it. If I hold, He won't even this? do it for like... Six minutes. I think he has up to eight minutes to dance in a room of HEPA filters and tested individuals. That's what I think. Up to eight minutes. I think he can safely do it and then he can run outside. He can run outside dramatically like Cinderella. I don't care. He can leave a shoe behind. But I think he can be inside for eight minutes doing a dance without getting hurt. Do we have any epidemiologists listening? Do any we have epidemiologist listeners? Can someone let us with know? With an MD, you tell me. If what's what's my how many minutes what's, what's my max? radius of safety yeah how many minutes max can he be inside imagine the room is lined with HEPA filters and there is a giant like sliding doors the wrong word because it's even bigger than that imagine if you had just like double doors that swung out open so you're really getting fresh and HEPA filtered how long can he be in there yeah and then, I mean we need to know we need we someone to tell us giant doors someone a medical professional like basically doors that are like the wall yeah of floor a place. to ceiling yes floor to ceiling swung open HEPA filters that's the question okay but that's not really what we're here for even though I would love it look sometimes we have therapists who listen maybe we have an epidemiologist who listens even though I feel like if there was an epidemiologist listening that he they would have waited a long time ago do you know what I mean they would have been like, Andrew, hey, do you think this Nicki Minaj song belongs after Celebrate Good Times by Cool and the Gang? <laughs> I don't know. It's so crazy. What a difficult decision. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, what a time to hey, be alive. Can I play something real quick? This is a, a comment. I'm still calling comments from, from the last couple months, but uh, this one is just uh, very recent and it's very quick. I just wanted to play it for uh, for us all. Andy, Naomi, it's Jennifer Muskowski calling from Massachusetts. I just listened to the message or the uh, episode with Lauren Mayberry, and I was very disappointed at the end when Lauren said she could see Mabel in a crown on a coin that uh, Andy didn't instantly say it was a merch idea because that is the best merch idea, and I would buy that in a second. 
Thank you. I hope you're well. Have a great day. Bye. So Mabel currency. That's what I'm hearing. Coins with Mabel on them. I can't get people to react. I had a great idea for a t-shirt that was Mabel's face and it says Mabel is Lord. And no one wanted that. Would you all want coins? Would you all want coins with Mabel in a crown on them etched? Oh my God. I don't know if we could start making our own currency. I think that's one step too far. I can't even find someone to make a mug. I'll be real honest. I've been wanting to make these open your hearts, loosen your butts mugs for a a solid year now. (laughs) And it's very difficult to find like a good mug manufacturer. A good mug maker. A mug maker you can trust? Is that what you mean? A mug maker you you can trust, Naomi. That's That's the problem. What do you say? Because I'm like, what are you saying when it's not hard to find a good one? I'm like, I feel like mugs are everywhere. Are Mm -hmm. you saying that they're shady? They're Mm -hmm. out here shady? Making mugs? I just don't know. Making mugs, making drugs. I don't know who to trust, Naomi. Yeah. Yeah, it's mugs, and then who knows? Maybe it's meth in the back. Yeah, mugs and meth. Classic. Yeah, maybe it's Walter White. He's making coffee, and then he's making meth. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. Uh, does the Maroon 5 song belong after the horror? What's happening? <laughs> uh, Who's our guest today, Naomi? Well, our guest is none other than the brilliantly talented Jen Tullock. Ooh. Jen, honey. Jen is an actor. You may have seen her on Severance on Apple TV. Soon you can see her on Spirited, a movie on Apple TV Plus that is all about them holidays, baby. Mm. Let me tell you. You know who else is in that is a former guest, uh, Sunita Mani. Ain't that the truth? Okay, this movie's got some real fun ones. Got some real fun peeps, so maybe you should check that out. Also starring Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. Who cares? We're talking about Jen Tullock and Sunita Mani. Mm. Also, while you're on Apple TV Plus, Mm -hmm. you know... Mythic Quest Season 3 premieres this Friday. Ooh, very exciting. Come on now, November 11th, your girl coming through, Carol really steps up. Hashtag right? Carol spinoff. Can we get that <laughs> trending? Yes, we Does anyone must. even want to be on Twitter anymore? <laughs> if you do, let's get hashtag Carol <laughs> spinoff trending. Because that's what we really need to do if we're going to do anything with Twitter. All right, enough of this, Naomi. Enough of this introduction, because this episode was wonderful, and I want everyone to hear it, and I don't want to keep having to go into my brain to think of like a popular musician that I could talk about, because I really, that Maroon 5 one was the last one that I had in my head, and the rest of it. It is just like weird indie rock shit. So without further ado, roll it. Jen, uh, now we're not going to switch roles for a a moment. Yeah. Uh, Just because as a a fan of yours, I actually have preconceived an idea of who you are as a person. I want to uh, hold a mirror up to you and see if not, not even a mirror. This could be a funhouse mirror. (laughs) I want to, I want to be the person. Who th- who throws their idea of you in your face and see if it w- if it makes sense to yeah, you? Yeah, or... normally I do that, but I but Andy said I wanted it today, and I said go for it, go for it. All right, I'm glad I'm wearing mascara. Let's get this going. <laughs> <laughs> because no, we're not going to get. It's not too existentially deep or emotionally uh, trenchant. But to me, you are both a weirdo and a very good actor, and I have been confused since since coming out to Hollywood, since doing this professionally. How do but those I'm, two things mix? Because I, as a yes, weirdo, you're a weird, yes. as a weirdo, not a very good actor, but as a <laughs> very good writer and a weirdo, I find myself butting heads with this world uh, as the commercial aspects of it butt up against my weirdness. <laughs> and I'm very curious. You know, to me, you're a you're a Francis McDormand type. <laughs> Okay, well, I see what you're doing. You're bolstering me, so I give you what you want. No, for one thing, thank you. 
That's very kind. Um, I would say I think it's just a deep and abiding sadness. Um, I think it's running daily from a deep and abiding sadness. I think that informs uh, both needing to deflect with humor and whatever the other stuff is, because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I do think, um, yeah, I would say like all of my favorite ac- actor actors are also funny. I think it's the same muscle. I think if you're if you're ex- like examining human behavior and you have a sense of humor, it's kind of all the same ball game to me. But um, does that answer your question? Well, I've got to go deeper because it's okay. not simply this. Of course, sure, 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 honey. We all, you know, they have the range, right? Monique won an Oscar. Okay, the range. <laughs> this is what I like, love know. her. But yeah. this question of sort of the ability to play the Hollywood game, because yes. most certainly we saw, you yes. know, when you, we, we finally hung out in person, it was at the yes. Emmy party. You know what I mean? Like and yes, it was Severance's time. And, you know, you, you had campaigned, to, honey. You had to make those <laughs> rounds. Sorry I said that. You she had was to make out those there rounds. with her rolly suitcase. I know. You were, right? And, like, that is, you know, that's different than perhaps what you studied, what you trained for. You know what I mean? It's a different part of the work that you kind of only get to do when you successful, right? Like nobody yes. really mm-hmm. teaches you how to do that shit. It's more like, okay, no. now you do this. And how do you do that as a person who I think to me, you are like, you're, you're so like, you're just so funny and kind of like the weird little idios- idiosyncrasies of people, of characters, of personalities of like, that's not what this business is really about. It's about yeah. the opposite of idiosyncrasy. It's about how many people can you get to like mm. you at once? I think, I mean, much like both of you, uh, I think like I would hope that my humor is driven by what I actually feel about the world. And I think like the the funny part is just joy. Like the funny part is just connect. I I laugh. I make what I laugh at. You know, like right. I I I that to me is a way of like manifesting joy. Even satire is because even like examining the. Um, the more nefarious parts of, of culture and society to me is still a joy because it's communal. And as far as the Hollywood stuff, I'm so new to all of that. Like I, I was an indie movie performance art theater kid. And that was where that is where I'm comfortable. That's where I'm most comfortable mm-hmm. and where you were known by at least at that time in my life, I felt like I, I was, I was working towards uh, if there was any identity that was to be outside of my actual self as a, a daughter and an American and whatever, you know, the other qualifiers we all have are. It, if there was going to be an identity, it was I always thought, oh, I want to be an artist. Um, I make music. I, I, I try to write a little. And, and that's what's important to me. And so then when things shifted and the acting part of it started happening in a different way, uh, I'll be honest, I've had a complete culture shock moment. And I don't think I hear a lot of people talk about this, maybe because we want to seem like we're cool and it's yeah. seamless. Totally. And it's not seamless. I feel confused all of the time. I don't know what the etiquette is in half the situations I find myself mm. in beautiful grammar. Um, <laughs> and and I'm just trying, you know, I just try to hang out with the other funny people. Like yeah. there's a reason I came and sat with you two at that party. And it wasn't because there weren't wonderful people there elsewhere. Um, I just, I get a little overwhelmed sometimes and I'm, um, I'm so grateful for it, but I also know, I mean, you guys get this. It's like the, some of the less savory stuff is also a means to an end. And I have to remind myself that I'm trying to make things I believe in. Yeah. And 
that that bring joy or uh, ask questions or both. So there we are. Go on. I made myself sweat. (laughs) Have you thought about how to protect yourself from the less savory stuff? Because that has preoccupied my mind for the last five years is, Mm. okay, what, you know, there are certain things, like when I was in academia, like the work was not worth the unsavory part. But here, yeah. the work is worth the unsavory part, or at least right. some you of love the unsavory it enough, part. Right? I love, like, how do I, I love write? writing uh, right. this stuff enough to do that. But it has preoccupied my mind because I've seen other people in our orbit turn into monsters. <laughs> and I don't know if they were always monsters and hiding it, and this just allowed them to become who they always were. Or Yeah, they just if, unzipped. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Do they unzip or were they poisoned? Those are the two yes. options. Yes, or were they bitten? Or were they bitten or were by they, a radioactive psycho? Yes. So by an invisible radioactive psycho snake. <laughs> that's that's why Jen, you fascinate me, or like someone like Sunita, or like Joe Firestone, because I'm like, how are the other weirdos doing it and not <laughs> turning into monsters? <laughs> right. How are you- that makes yeah. my heart so happy that you have not yet figured out that I'm a terrible, terrible person. Um, you know, I'm. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying not to be. Just don't look at my Twitter, okay? Just don't look at my Twitter. Stay here. Wait, uh, hold on. It's just you praising Elon Musk. What the fuck? Okay, praise. I think praise is a little generous. Um, I did say all hail King E. That's whatever. you're just. Saying I was that paid how to Tesla say it. is the best car and yes. You missed yes, apartheid. I said, please put a baby in me, a computer space daddy. And that was all the characters I had. I had, there was more. But uh, <laughs> the, the weirdos, that's, it's perfectly put. It's totally right. You know why? I think I always, I have always maintained, and, and God knows, like for whatever is happening right now in this present moment, this, it's such a capricious industry. And I'm like, it could go away at any moment. And what will I be left with? And I'm 39. Like I, I didn't, I think if maybe some of these things had started to simmer for me a little bit earlier, I probably would have turned into a colossal asshole. Um, (laughs) I I think that's inevitable. If your frontal lobe isn't fully coagulated, you know, at at that time, I think I had to figure out how to like myself because I'm a person in the world who like moved from a place where I wasn't safe as a gay person and like has experienced heartbreak like we all have. And we live in a really terrifying world. So you know what it is? This is my succinct answer and my honest one. I just, none of it scares me anymore. And it really scared me for a long time because uh, I think like we fear what we don't know. And I felt like Hollywood was such a nebulous, um, like man behind the curtain for me and now i'm like it's just people it's just people everyone's thinking about themselves everyone's doing their best and some people for some people that manifests with compassion and some people (laughs) turn into you know um fucking monster mushes but yeah i don't know i've been thinking about this a a lot lately so I'm, i'm glad you brought it up because i every day i'm like are you how are you are you are you are you okay are you doing okay uh, I mean, how do you like? How do you do it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have enough respect yet or power. Do you know what I mean? Like I, li- like I was saying to Andy, one of the things is that like I still because I don't necessarily have all the trappings of it. So like when I go to a party like that, 
I have to like prove I'm on the list and belong there to begin with. Like there are enough hurdles that kind of keep me in check as a black lady sometimes when I go mm-hmm. places or like, especially like, you know, we're sort of like, who are you with what's happening? Sometimes if I'm dressed right, I won't get as much pushback, <laughs> but if I'm just regular, yeah, that's gross. Somebody will very much direct me to like the workers quarters. Do you know what I mean? And that's like, okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, I think that's part of it. And then I think also I th- because, you know, for instance, you know, when you and I like really like met was at the Elysian Theater here in L.A., which is, you know, yeah. tiny little moment doing some crazy ass shit. I yeah. do enough of that that it keep like, you know. I'm regular. You know what I mean? Like, we know, like, when you have 20 people stare at you, like, what the fuck are you talking about? You'll never get too big for your britches. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I feel I feel the same. And it's always you can never see yourself because I hear you say that. And I'm like, to me, you're like, you're it. Like you're, you're my favorite comedian, and, okay. and 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 like it doesn't matter about my superlatives. Like you're oh, you're everyone I know. Thank you. <laughs> of course, and I just see you on everything, everywhere. And t- to me, you're you're like so present in the zeitgeist. And I mean, again, on a theme, I would say that has nothing to do with why I like you, but I. It, it's a fun bonus because <laughs> you're funny as shit, and like it's just. I mean, God, I so I remember seeing your stand up for the first time, and I was like, I always say if people that have maybe it's you know Andy the way you call people weirdos, but I'm like, oh, they know too much. She knows too much, <laughs> and it's when when people have just they've just retained a little bit more than others, and they're able to like spin the hamster wheel in a way that is alchemic. And I like, <laughs> I I think that's what you do. But yeah, I hear you because I mean, I hear you on some of that. Obviously, some of it's not my experience, but. I I am on a show with people that are famous and I'm not famous. So when I go to things with them, I'm just stoked to be there. Like I, I'm stoked to be working and excited to be learning, but I'll sometimes go into those rooms and um, I haven't asked if I was one of my co-stars assistants. And I said, uh-huh. yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then Adam Scott, I was like, they'll probably, exactly. Like, they'll probably be nicer to me if I say that. Right. Right. If you're so, you know, <laughs> Because you're like, where on the packing order? Let's think about this for a second. <laughs> yeah, it's wacky. It's wacky. It's funny you said, or not funny, it's sad that you have people you know that have, you've seen get changed by it. I've had that too in the last couple of years. And I'm just like, ooh, that is not cute. This is not, that shirt does not fit you, sir. Like, uh, I mean, I mean, figuratively. Like, right, of course. You know, no, 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 I get it. I love that. I'm using that. I'm using that. All bodies are beautiful. Yeah. I don't care how your shirt fits, literally. But, yeah. But, yeah. but metaphorically, emotionally. <laughs> yeah, you're I, just I, like, it yeah. doesn't look right. Yeah. I think I get, you know what? Um, we were all, I, th- I think we were all older coming out here. Right. We all had, I don't know about you, but Naomi and I had lived lives, right? Before yeah. doing this. And I think that gave us some kind of, like what when you live in the real world and then you come to uh fantasy land <laughs> you still remember the real world right and you try to have some fun in fantasy land and you're like oh my god like you know we go to those things like you know literally andy and i go to the party because we're like okay that's gonna be some real good food and maybe we'll have some fun <laughs> and it's you know free I mean? <laughs> exactly there will never ever come a day i don't care if i have finally won the nobel um and that is the goal uh, but I don't care what level of success I may or may not achieve. I will never not put free shit in my purse because when I get on that airplane and I happen to only be on the airplane because the job had to fly me yeah. on the airplane. Oh yeah. If there is an eye mask or an earplug oh, yeah. or a tiny bottle of water, I'm I'm become a hoarder. 
And I was talking to somebody about this the other day. And, and like, it is, I mean, I joke about it. It is, I think, sort of like scarcity mindset where if you're not raised around anything remotely close to that sort of stuff, when people hand you free things to me, I'm like, well, I have to take it. And the yeah. same goes for food and beverage. Mm-hmm, if I'm mm-hmm. at an event and I'm like, I'm not paying for any of this, I will have the profiteroles. And how many of those can I get on a plate? Just bring me two plates. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I can't. I actually had to like make a rule for myself at those events where I'm like, stop eating when you're full right. and just have a glass of water because they're passing champagne and I'm like, don't mind if I do. And, you know, and then cut to you're trying to, you know, sit in um, Ellen Pompeo's lap and she's like security and the whole that old song and dance. But yeah. By the way, your work in reconciling quantum mechanics and relativity, I do believe that the Nobel is in your future. Yeah, that's I've read it. Honestly, it is. It is. I want. I don't want to. I don't throw the word groundbreaking around mm-hmm. a lot. But. It's not the song I came here to sing, Andy. But while we're on it, thank you. <laughs> Wait, no. It what? was a couple. It started as a doodle. God, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you grow up in northern New York? In the New York country is what I call it. No, um, I've not, not in the New York country. I was raised in an evangelical enclave in Kentucky. Okay. That explains my favorite character, your aunt. Okay. <laughs> Jen is some aunts. You got to follow Jen and IG, okay? Because she's posted these reels. The top, the, the top aunts. Look, we got Jen. We got Andrew Farmer. End of list. End of list. Okay, best aunts in the list. game. <laughs> They're doing aunt work. Get doing together. Their aunt work unparalleled. Get into this shit. Come on. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yes, that that character that you're talking about, that Kentucky woman is very much every every mom that I grew up with. It's just, you know, everything's very crisp. And I'm not mad. And I'm not <laughs> angry. I'm concerned. And I would like to lift you up in prayer. It's it's a level of passive aggression that I, I don't think actually exists outside of that part of the country. You can't genetically muster it if, if it's not in your blood. Um, and unlearning that, let me tell you, is a real dusty Joe. But yes, I'm from Kentucky. Okay. What was that journey in unlearning that? What was the the journey in like, I don't want to say shedding, but like, uh, well, let's say shedding. dialectically well, running guess, away from. You could say it violently throwing off. <laughs> um yeah, Violently, you could yes. say stepping out of like a discarded cicada shell and screaming yeah. the entire time. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, I think probably like like any experience of leaving a place that you love and also know is going to break you, which is incredibly painful, but also clarifying. And um, I'm kind of at that like prodigal child age where I'm starting to look back on that place and realized that I painted it with, I painted everyone there with a single brush for a long time because it was just easier for me to process my own pain by being like, you're all terrible. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's, you know, not the case of any uh, people group. And so finding some nuance around that shit has, I think been, uh, interesting as a person in my late thirties, but I mean, it was also wacky. Like Kentucky's crazy. It was like all of the things you think are true were true. There was bourbon and bluegrass and horses. And there was also just like rip roaring homophobia and um, all of the other phobias and just a, really a state full of phobias, a state full of, of people without the same, uh, not all of the access I would have liked to have uh, to information at the time. It was also pre-internet. Whenever I talk yeah. to people that are from somewhere that feels like, ooh, what was that like? You know, 
it's like, well, my question, my second question is always, well, did you have the internet? Because while it can't save anyone, I do think it's got to be such a different experience now. Right. It shows you, you what's know? possible. It can, right? Yeah. It can either radicalize you or just show you what's out there. <laughs> and so yes. sort of, and I think those are the options. And right, and if you know what's out there, I, I mean, I totally get that. Like, you know, it does yeah. feel a lot more dangerous or you're like, I have to get out because you don't literally have any other way to get the thing you need. Were there any, at, like, yeah. like Louisville or anything? Like, you know, I, I know there was like a fair. <laughs> That's where friendly... I'm from, yeah. Oh, you're, oh, from, you're from there. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, Louisville as a city is is incredibly cool. Like, uh, not nothing but love. Now, the the tricky thing about my upbringing, me and my brother were in this like evangelical megachurch, which was essentially its own ecosystem. We uh -huh. went to the evangelical school associated with it. We were taught Jesus on dinosaurs, etc. The whole rigmarole. We sang in like the Christian pop band on stage. It very what was like, the name of the band. <laughs> Do you remember? Um, it was just the worship team oh. because you don't want to pull focus from Jesus. Um, okay. So, <laughs> okay. And by not pull focus, I mean get on stage with a fog machine and a U2 sounding song that modulates 17 times while wearing like a tiny, like crop top, just being like, yes, son of God. But so it was righteous gemstones. <laughs> I wish that wasn't true, but yes, it was a little bit, it was a little bit cooler because righteous gemstones, I feel like is more indicative of like the Tammy Faye um, pop culture Christianity. And this was the, like the pastor wore jeans and was like, Jesus is your best friend, man. <laughs> okay, cool, um, oh yeah it's the, the, cool. the insidious shit yeah they're really good stuff <laughs> so that i wasn't really allowed to exist without outside of that petri dish and so even though louisville at large was there i wasn't really given access to it because i couldn't i couldn't listen to secular music um i couldn't have secular friends um in fact oh. my first my oh yeah my i had secret friendships with people that were not christians what? it was like Where'd a bad Atlanta ferrante book um <laughs> and when my parents finally let me audition for a community theater production i begged them i was such a theater queer all they wanted was to be in the chorus of seven brides for seven brothers for fuck's sake <laughs> and my parents were just like no you know we don't want you to be around that environment and they meant gay people um irony of ironies and so <laughs> Finally, they, they, they let me, they acquiesced and I was not to brag, but I was cast in the chorus of the Clarksville little theater production of Fiddler on the Roof. Um, oh. I want you to sit with the idea of a bunch of like apostolic Christians from Kentucky doing Fiddler on the Roof. It's what you think. <laughs> um, the end of if I were a rich man. Basically, doodle, 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 doodle. Like it was incredible. <laughs> but that's that's where I met those people. And okay. I, I remember being like, A of all, you're cooler than me. B of all, you, I uh, am really into the movies you're watching. What is this? Uh, I was like, what, what is this Scorsese you speak of? I don't even like Scorsese. But I remember like watching any anything that wasn't like an animated uh, biblical yeah. film. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, you have IFC. I remember oh. I saw Hedvig and the Angry Inch when I was like 16. What? I would have it would have blown your mind. I didn't sit down. I stood in the middle of my friend's basement and watched the whole thing standing up. And I was like, well, I had one blood type before this film and now I have another. <laughs> wow. So where are you both from? I'm from New York. I'm from I think I knew Pennsylvania. that. Pennsylvania. Where in Pennsylvania? Reading, Pennsylvania. It is about oh. an 
hour west of Philadelphia. It's like partway okay. between Philly and Harrisburg. Harrisburg, <laughs> the greatest city. In the I world. feel like you got some you got some folks in that neck of the woods that aren't too dissimilar from my family. Yes, 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 yes. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Like when you talk about some of the stuff, it makes a lot of sense to me. It's not the exact same. Like you yeah. can't just swap out queerness and Judaism, but you know they're cousins. Yeah, but we're not everybody's favorite person. Is yeah. the yes, point. exactly. There's some people <laughs> yeah. you're gonna run up against. You're gonna run up against. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's the similarities. Are like you know that there are people out there that hate you for no reason, for no good yes, reason. Yes, absolutely. So like, Vehemently yeah. hate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 For yeah. Not, you're and, just not getting invited to the Super Bowl party. They also want you dead. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, always yeah, yeah. the fun little addendum there. Yeah. So so that that kind of changes your consciousness a little bit. So then, okay, but I'm. I'm still like very into these uh, secret theater friends. So like obviously you would go yes. to the rehearsal, you do whatever, and then like what would you say you were doing if you were you know gonna go to somebody's house and watch a movie after? Or, well, it was like we have to um, we have to rehearse because um, I have to go over to um, Cecil's house because I had a friend named Cecil. Um, oh, naturally, Cecil in the theater. Like we love us. If you Cecil. are stuck in Southern Indiana doing Fiddler on the Roof, like your name has to be Cecil. Like you can't be <laughs> Tyler. You know what I mean? Um, the narrative is just fully complete. It's a full circle. But I would be like, I have to go over there, you know, to rehearse around my lines. And my parents would be like, okay, it's for the it's for the play. Um, or I would say, well, I'm going to witness to Cecil, which is Christian terminology for I'm going to proselytize uh, to this person wow. who doesn't need to be proselytized. Right, to, right, right. That's what like, I was you trained. You say you would do that. Oh yeah, and I did to a certain point until I realized it was completely fucked up. But. I mean, I was definitely like in robot mode till I was about 16. I was like, have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ? And they were like, well, we're good. You just came over to eat gushers and like talk shit. But (laughs) we're just trying to watch this Jim Jarmusch film. Can you uh, tone down the the Ecclesiastes? (laughs) I would never, honey. I mean, Ecclesiastes is my jam. (laughs) There is. You want to talk about lyrical. I mean, give me this is pre-Tom York even, okay? <laughs> Ecclesiastes, I would argue, is the radio head of the Hebrew Bible. Uh, wow. Okay. It is the I would argue it is the okay computer of the Hebrew Bible. Ah, uh, I was gonna say kid E, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> you had to do it. <laughs> One of us had to do it. I'm glad it was you. <laughs> Okay, so you okay, so you kind of just hang out with these people, and lucky enough they let you hang out because honestly, I yes. probably would have invited you back. Do you know what I mean? You do one process, I'd be like, okay, we'll see you at rehearsal. Like we can't. I'd be like, Naomi, I know you are in pain, well, but like, the you're Lord not wrong. sees you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like goddamn it, the- she's not wrong. Actually, you would have probably like she would have converted you. No, I ain't going with groups of whites when they have a compound. You know what I mean? Be yeah, that mega church you should not. I don't go to their not. space in that way. That's dangerous. Uh, That's a setup I don't disaster. either anymore. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No, it's when it's a gaggle, when it's enough to be a gaggle. When it's a gaggle of white ladies, that's a big deal. Oh, no, no, honey, uh, I call them a danger. It's a danger, a danger of white women, like crows. Honey. Yes, a danger. Oh, that's good. I asked someone yesterday what they called a group of poets, um, and she said an unwellness. that's really good because she said i'm going to a party with a bunch of poets and i said god what do you even call that and on wellness do i smell a mcsweeney's list in the the offing so wait okay when do you start dating yeah when does the dating begin when does kissing start hopefully next year um (laughs) at the big four zero yes yes I got I've been waiting all this time well for marriage but for my second marriage 
Um, so I started dating. I knew I was gay when I was like six. I don't have a vocab for it, but I told my mom when I would watch Shirley MacLaine kiss Gordon McRae in Oklahoma, I felt like I had to pee. And she was like, okay, we are going to go to the park. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't realize I was like unwittingly telling my mother I had tinglys in my no yeah, And yeah. when I watched Shirley, she was like, do you mean because of Gordon McRae? And I was like, no, oh, I mean, because oh, of Shirley Jones. Wow. Um, I mean, because of Sean McGay, if I must. <laughs> and so I had like an, like an abstract idea of the fact that I thought about women constantly. Um, and then in, let's see, my junior year of high school, I decided to be a white imperialist missionary and went with a group from that church to East Africa, to Ethiopia. My parents were living in Poland at the time, being missionaries. And I was in the States and this group of adults were like, Hey, do you want to come play Christian concerts with this other church? Like our sister band basically. Mm-hmm. And Addis that Ababa. So dangerous. Do you know what I mean? Like when yeah. I hear this, I go something bad. They could do anything to you, Jen. Well, I mean, I out of us soil. I, I, I would argue <laughs> I was the danger <laughs> because well, no, was like, you the like, danger too. But do you know what I mean? Like also you, sh- yeah, don't go to Africa. But also I'm like, I just don't like them saying, come with us child. Well, it wasn't great. I was the only child on the trip. It was a bunch of adults. Um, and um, uh, that's for another conversation, probably, <laughs> that, that isn't broadcast. But yeah. uh, on that trip, I uh, I developed feelings for uh, the person who was our translator, and she, and she was a woman. And a woman of color? Of course. We love it. Okay, go on. Um, I say, of course. I say, of course, because I was just didn't want to paint a picture that I had a white translator in Ethiopia. Because on top of all of the other (laughs) disgusting parts of this story, that's too much. (laughs) No, she was was an Ethiopian woman and it was wonderful. And I just, it was the first time I'd ever, I was ill. Like I was ill from being in love with her. Uh Um, It was unrequited. Um, And we were friends, but I, I, that was the first time consciously I was like, oh, got it copy Mm -hmm. so when i came back to the states i was like uh no more jesus trips uh definitely not to that part of the world and uh (laughs) whatever it's my shame but i uh when i got back once i was in high school i was just sort of like well i'm gonna push it down and i will be completely asexual Mm. um the irony is i have the soul of a horrific slut so (laughs) i didn't know that you can only hold a beach ball underwater for about 45 seconds before the lid blows off and so I got to college and was like, bum, bum, and it was on. <laughs> okay. I mean, I was in theater school. Are you kidding me? It was just like fish in a barrel. So I, where I went York? to it. <clears throat> no, it was in Illinois. Okay. I went to a little tiny lib art school called Millican, which is like two hours south of Chicago, which where has go. Oh, oh, he, they did. They were living in Poland at the time, and we're sort of just like okay. we live in Poland now. <laughs> it was okay. like. Yes, and I live at Milliken, um, okay. and I'm Who's so gay. Left in I, Poland to convert. You know, that's a great question I've been asking for many years. It was less that they were converting; it was more that they were working with, I think, an organization that was doing like music stuff with kids. Um, at least that was the that was the byline. Yeah. But um, so yeah, they were there, and I think I was so far away from them. They were sort of like, "She's alive." Right. <laughs> yeah. Crass, yeah. but no so i like, went all right go do your thing it's like they're not yeah. coming back from poland so you might as well do uh-uh. too. that's right so i went to college and i sort of lost my mind and that's when i started smooching i was 18 mm-hmm. um and i fell in love with the girl that lived on my the floor of my dorm and she was a former homecoming queen 
from Lily Lake, Illinois, a wonderful person named Megan, beautiful blonde. And, uh, I, I not really, not really my type, you know, she really, she really yeah, set me off on a confusing path. African woman, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right. This Aryan girl. Next. Well, I, I, I have, um, but <laughs> not that one. I mean, to I I'll, I'll listen. I'll be pining for that person for years to come till I'm in the grave. Are you kidding me? I mean, I awaken a cold sweat twice a week. Just being like, where is she? <laughs> I guarantee she is sleeping just fine. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's when. And so then I started dating and then I, my parents came back to see me in a production of the Laramie project. And I thought that's when you come out to your parents, take them to a play. That's about a queer person being brutally murdered and then tell them, that you are also that way at a steak and shake. Ah, I thought it would soften the blow. Okay, <laughs> so, yeah, get them some fries. Get them a fr- some fries in them. What kind of shake? Get them an Oreo milkshake. Oreo milkshake. Got it's it. Because you've got it's the shake, it's the ice, it's the uh, whipped cream, and then it's a cookie. Yep. Exactly. It's a hat on a hat. I mean, yeah. it's uh, the uh, as they're a greater tableau of American excess than an Oreo milkshake. I. <laughs> <laughs> but that was uh, that was the ball game, and then I yeah. told them, and then we were off to the races. <laughs> off to the races. So not really, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Like meaning for you, like you're like once they know, because that's the one hold hold out basically, the or not the thing holding you back a little bit. Oh, I mean, I was listen. I was I had you're been paddling there. upstream in that canoe for like two years before that. It was more, I think, that for myself, um, it it felt ugly. To, to keep something that was that much of myself from people that I cared about, even if we had a complicated dynamic, mm-hmm. like I love mm-hmm. them. And um, so that was that. And then like, it's weird now, you know, when you're uh, in your twenties, at least for me, I thought I can't, there, there's no distinguishable markings of this time. I can't tell what this generation looks like. And now when I think back on what it was to be in your early twenties, like in the early to mid aughts, I'm like, oh, well, it was flare jeans mm-hmm. um, and shaggy cuts. But it was also this like veiled self-loathing homophobia for me where like I was out, but it wasn't chill. Like it it was still like the girls I was dating were like, so I'm not I'm not gay. Um, so just like if we could keep this on the DL, that would be super awesome. Thank you so much. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, got it. Of course. And then just allowed that to be. Be the north for like the next ten years of my life, but yeah. <laughs> so you talk <laughs> about therapy now. When did when did you get into that or decide? Oh, I should go talk to a professional because I certainly know that uh, just in personal experience, you know, with a religious upbringing. Not that I grew up even as religious as you, but just enough to be like, what do you need therapy for? You know that if you need something, right. you need Jesus, right? If anything at all, exactly. So how do you pray about even, it? Yeah. So how do you know even get to a point where you're like, oh, I should go talk to somebody? Um, I my diplomatic response would be like, I want to work on myself and like be a better partner to the people in my life. I think honestly, my 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 gut response is that I knew I couldn't achieve what I wanted to achieve career wise if I wasn't well. And now I've now I've come to another point in my life where I I think I like myself a little more and it's for me mm-hmm. and for my loved ones. But at that time, I was like, I'm not functioning at the highest efficiency mm-hmm. I could be. Mm-hmm. And I was so excellence obsessed and so career obsessed, I think, as a, a response to all of that stuff in my upbringing, that I was just like, got to get there. Mm-hmm. And 
um, that's what, what how it started. And then I was like, oh, this is, uh, it's better to not have a daily panic attack. It's, <laughs> that is better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like enjoy. Yeah, I think so. Or even uh, weekly or <laughs> monthly. Whatever. They come and go, you know? Yeah. They yeah, come and yeah. go. Absolutely. Still, of course. be in the air, you know? As someone kind of new Did to you panic guys... attacks, I'm not a fan. I just want to <laughs> put that out there. Not a fan. Are you, are you really legitimately new to them? Yeah. Since having COVID, being inside gets me really, uh, I start to panic. I'm sorry. It's the shittiest feeling. It's the it's the most helpless feeling. Do you feel like you know when it's coming on physically, or does it happen for you mentally first? Uh, mentally. Yeah. And I usually like it's mental, and then I like I kind of like get myself out of the thing before, and then before uh, it really starts to like take over. Me, what do you mean? You get yeah. out of the thing, meaning the situation. Like you go out of the space, or you yes, mean you go out yes, of the space? You get out of the space, but the then space. it. Except for like Naomi, can you Joe's. feel? Oh, God. Oh, a panic attack at TJ's? A PA at TJ? Uh-uh. <laughs> Can't do it. They're, I mean, they don't even do samples mild. anymore. In the, in the space of things. Yeah. But sorry, Jen, what were you about to say? Oh, no, not at all. I, I mean, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. Do you, Naomi, do you feel like you can feel it energetically coming on what's happening for him? A little bit, but not, but not totally. Andy is somebody who really does keep things inside. And so yeah. it's only in almost like him repeating himself. Because that's the thing. It's like, he doesn't yell. Like, even if we're in a place, he doesn't yell. He'll maybe get a little impatient. But to me, that's just like impatience of, you know, running er- any errand. And like, I am kind of slow in the yeah. grocery store. It wasn't until we, I was like, oh, that <laughs> was him being like, get out. We need to get out of here now. But that won't happen. Yeah. Whereas like, you know... And and it, it it is both, I think, obviously, maybe what drew us to each other, but then also what we have to kind of work on now is that we're very different because my shit is out here up front, you know, immediately. I'm I'm literally going, if we don't get the fuck out of here, you know what I mean? Like, I will, like, you know, pinch or <laughs> yeah, you just The jaw know. is tight. Yeah, you know yeah. what I am feeling. Um, And he he is not that way. And it's been, you know, more recently where it's, it's almost like closing the gap because it used to be like, I didn't know it was yeah. that. Then he would tell me like a day or two later, oh, this thing upset me. Now he, you know what I mean? And the time is now getting a little bit closer and closer. So now it'll be like an hour on the other end of it, right? Where he's like, I'm really stressed out or I'm really upset. You know, so we're getting closer and closer to in the moment being like, oh, this is the thing. In which case it's like, okay, I will, I will literally stop what I'm doing and let's go. You know what I mean? For the, yeah, for, you know, your own mental health. Cause I definitely get that. It's like real. It's I've never I don't really I haven't suffered from panic attacks in that way where it's like this acute immediate you know it's got to stop as much as like I just have a constant anxiety that yeah. then will just kind of flare, flare exactly like what's it latching onto what's the specific in this moment um, and then also like a depression where I realized a big part of because even like because I'll like look, this past Saturday I laid in bed all day and I was like I didn't want to do anything I felt terrible. I had, a sh- I had a show that evening and I was all like at four o'clock. I was like, can I cancel? You think, you know, when Andy's like, and it's like, I know I shouldn't. Not only is it our friend who's doing, who's hosted the show, who's asked me to do it, but it's like, I need to practice. I need to get up. But it's like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. And I realized it was like, I didn't even see it coming. That was not, like, I didn't intend for Saturday to be a layabout day. It was almost that if I look at my calendar and see there's nothing for me to be up for, 
I'm like, oh, great, I get to lay around. You know, I think other, I think more functioning people see an empty day and go, great, what are all the things I've been putting off or what can I do that I haven't done yet? Whereas I go, this is my permission to do nothing. And mm-hmm. then I feel bad about it, of course. But then there's also, well, like, because I knew other stuff was coming up and all that stuff was making me anxious. It's like, funny because I saw right. the depression, I saw the like cloud coming. You did? You got to tell me when you see it coming. <laughs> it's, it's, this is so Andy was just in the corner like, here it comes. <laughs> He's like, oh, Lord, Saturday will be the day. I mean, I would argue, though, Naomi, that like you said more productive people or something. I, I think, honestly, I think it's a superpower to let your body tell you when it needs to rest, because in this industry, especially, um, it's, you know, it's go, go, go. I don't I never let myself rest. It's my greatest. It's my toxic trait. It's one. Yep. Um, and I don't. Uh, I'm really bad at it. And and then what happens is that I go too far and I end up breaking. I hurt myself. I'm not like an ideal friend because then I have a short fuse. I have no bandwidth. And I don't think it's natural. I don't think we're biologically programmed to live the lives we're living right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not supposed to. I think you're supposed to stay in bed for a full day from <laughs> time to time. Like, I really do believe that. Our, these, these fucking weird machines, unless Elon hooks it up. And I think at this point, um, I have a good chance. But um then you know they're they're breaking down slowly every day. That's that's the source of my panic attacks, Andy. Um, uh, it's just when I think about my atrophied sack of bones slowly decomposing every yeah. day, every passing hour, um, <clears throat> and then I just compensate by wearing too much lipstick. So nobody's winning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so should I try? It's such a southern thing. I've thrown off. I, I hope like the trappings of the philosophies of that time, but I still love makeup. <laughs> but you're like not just love makeup of course you know but as much as you're like doing this means everything's okay uh-huh. yes that's yes. yeah makeup is like, i will still buy now 100 yeah, yeah. <laughs> percent. my grandmother had her lipstick tattooed on in uh in billy madison just like oh is that i think of it oh my god i haven't thought about that film in so long <laughs> <laughs> billy madison wow that was a real era that was an error. That was, oh my yeah. God, yeah. Yeah. Wait, okay. There's two things before yes. we take a break. One of them for Naomi, one of them for Jen. Naomi, it is very interesting. And you have, n- I'm curious because I have um, internal indicators. Like, if, uh, again, this is very, panic is very recent. So, um, if that's coming on, I kind of like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm aware inside that it's it. But, like, I can see your depression settling in. I can see like the cloud coming and then settling in and it, and there's no internal kind of like, um, uh, seeing sight. There's no internal, I want to say awareness, but that's no, too a little I'm like, always, I I'm always, I didn't mean that. To, no, 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 I don't judgy. mean, no, no, I am all, because the thing is, Andy, I'm always unhappy. And you know, you know that's not personal to you. <laughs> Don't take that personally. I am always, you know, I'm always there because that's always there. And like, what happens is when I'm busy. I can keep that at bay and I can do things. And it's when I don't have anything to distract me that it comes. So that's the thing. It's like, it's not like I'm like, everything's great. Oh no. It's literally like, you might die today. Yes. It's a low time. You know, <laughs> I know just, that song. You know, you just take your time. Okay. Who do I smell a new hit? <laughs> yep. You might die. I know that song. I've remixed that song. <laughs> so I think that's, so that's, the, I think that's what it is. The only time I know it's like something bigger is my period, just because I start to get 
Yes. And it's so funny. I feel like the amount of times people that have periods, like the fact that we're capable of being like, "Mm, well, and (laughs) for me, I feel like probably 60% of the time that is the case. 40% of the time I'm like, it's, it's my period. And I, and secretly I'm like, it's not my period. (laughs) No, it's just because I listened to Sarah McLaughlin this morning. (laughs) I have a whole playlist called white girl journaling music because it's so embarrassing to me that I have it on my Spotify at all, because that's exactly what it is. It's like Mm. sad girls journaling in a coffee shop music. Yeah. 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 Well, you were also of the time of Andy DeFranco at her peak because you're not the same age. So it's like, Ani DeFranco was my shit, especially in high school and college. The darkest she was time. Angry. She was anger. She was sadness. Like, if I need to get Angst. sad for something, you know, like if I have to, yes. if I were to be performing, I, am I, would put on, I would put on You Had Time by Ani DeFranco Ooh. and just let Ooh. that shit run on loop. I'm going to cry. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get to sitting in. You know, Mark's the passenger side of Mark's car when we were friends and I was in love and he didn't love me and everything seemed hopeful. I will get there, honey. I will get to 2003 in a minute. It's a time traveler's tool. Yeah. And it's like dark. That is an underground train. That is a fast track train. Like, I don't know. No other stuff. Are you now bringing up Tracy, Tracy Chapman's fast car? I'll take a fast car. I saw Tracy train. Chapman live when I was 17. It was one of the first concerts I ever went to. And there were two two things. Uh, I remember thinking, okay, two things feel uh, tangible, palpable, ever present. I am surrounded by lesbians. <laughs> and it was the first time I had found myself above in a sea um, of other queer women. I was just like, there are so many umbros in here. I'm here for it. <laughs> and also, uh, none of them, It was they were all super fans, but none of them knew the words. And I feel like this is very specific to like old dykes. I, I, I use that word as a term of endearment for myself. Um, like I, it, it was, <laughs> everybody was just sort of like, <laughs> just like holding their chorus light yeah. aloft, yeah. you know? And I was like, none of you know the words, but like you're wearing all Tracy gear. Right, I just, right. really interesting. <laughs> Andy, what was your question for Jen? Jen, how did you go from your wild 20s to marriage? Oh, oh, God. Well, I, you oh, know, wait, I met marriage was my... real. I thought it was a joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, honey, I'm a childless lesbian divorcee with a collapsed nasal cavity. That is that <laughs> is the business card. Okay. Oh, that is on your <laughs> Twitter bio. It looks I like, have yeah. them. They're laminated. I'll send you one. Um, I, uh, my, I'm glad you asked this question. I was thinking about it a lot recently. So it's been about a decade since I got a divorce and I, my ex-wife, who's a wonderful person is out doing incredible things. She just graduated from Harvard divinity school. She's like a, divinity. Uh, a wonder. I know I, I, I turned her to the Lord, but um, <laughs> stop proselytizing. <laughs> Jen, you were supposed to stop <laughs> all these years later. I got one. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think she's that type of, minister, <laughs> but, um, but, I, we loved each other very much, that person and I, and also, um, this is after years of processing, I think that was the first partner I had that was really close to my parents, and I I think I was really, really wanting to have a more cohesive version of a family life, and I remember thinking, well, 
I can give you, I think subconsciously I was like, I'm sorry, I'm gay. I'll give you a, a big, I can give you some trappings of traditionalism to compensate. I think subconsciously that's what I was doing. Um, I loved that person. That's not the only reason, you know, I married her because yeah, yeah. I loved her, but I also do think the actual wedding and marriage part of it for me at that moment in my life, I was too young, me, me as a human being, not biologically. Like I just was not ready. Mm-hmm. And cause I also think for a lot of gay people, you kind of go through a second puberty. Like there's a lot of catch up. There's a lot of feeling of, of playing catch up. Mm-hmm. I, cause you do lose those years when you, you're not able to be out and queer in your teens or even your early twenties. So I just was still very green as a person who was going to be a partner to someone. And so uh, it happened and uh, I didn't handle it well and I didn't process it well. And we were both young and I don't think either of us were in therapy at that time. And so it ended, but uh, <clears throat> thank God. I mean, it's been enough time has passed now that I feel like I can even talk about it without being disrespectful, but um, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I got a divorce. I'm a lesbian divorcee. I wrote my divorce settlement at City Hall on the steps of City Hall in New York City because I couldn't. Aff- I mean, God, I couldn't afford to buy a fucking power bar after a jog, like let alone a lawyer. So I was just <laughs> like, I'll do this. And the LGBTQ Center at the time downtown in Manhattan had like free legal advice. And I'm fairly sure I was the first person that had gone in being like, I'm getting a lesbian divorce. And they were like, okay. Um, so. <laughs> With our powers combined, yeah, we we ended up dissolving that relationship. But um, I was for a brief moment uh, in the uh, marital coil, bound to the marital coil. Bound yeah, I would love to do it again. I, I think that I understand it for myself now. I yeah. see people like you guys and people that are actual partners, like it, that the like the love and respect is so obvious that anything else that seems to be a problem clearly like pings between those two pillars. Yeah. And like I just was too young to understand that. And now I look at it and I'm like, ooh, that looks so good. That looks knowing so the work good. of it. I think so. I think it's a big thing. Cause I think I was somebody who always like, you know, all I wanted was a boyfriend. All I wanted was a relationship. Yeah. I was I mean to the point where I say like I fed, I was going to say my impulse was like, I fetishized romance, but it's like, I kind of think I did. Like I was obsessed with that. And it's like what a real relationship is, is work. Mm. And I think that also like, and I, did I, I think I talked about this. I remember like early days of us being together where it's like, when you're thinking about the person you want to be with, you never factor in that person having issues. You know what I mean? Like right, it's all about like what they can do for you, what they look like, yes. what they, whatever. And it's like, actually, no, a relationship now nah, is it's like, okay, yes, I will take a man who maybe has body dysmorphia, but he is in therapy <laughs> and working on his inner demons, right? Like just learning, okay, this person's going to come with a shit and knowing, okay, what's the <laughs> shit I can take as opposed to yes. constantly thinking of a person in terms of like, they're going to be so helpful to me and it's going to be beautiful and we're going to be like bestie. You know what I mean? And I think yes, now I have my accessory. Different. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Totally. And it seems simple, but I feel like that is not something easily understood. I feel like if you asked any person that was 23 or whatever, they would be like, of course, I know that. But you can't know that in your marrow until you've lived it and and yeah. lived it unsuccessfully or lived it successfully. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't the people listening can't see that I'm pointing, but I was the <laughs> okay. successful. Yeah. Yeah. Naomi saw me as a Kate Spade bag. And then when she actually opened me up, it was just full of uh full of, of, uh, of uh, melted candy. <laughs> <laughs> melted and candy. old paper clips that are like 
just just intact enough that you could try to use it. Right, 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 right. right. And then a couple of just like about like twelve loose scrunchies. <laughs> you know that. And you're more to me than loose scrunchies. I just want to be clear about that. Okay. Thank you. And I love that you were a Kate Spade bag. I mean, to me, I would be like a Trader Joe's tote. Like I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming in low expectations. <laughs> okay, but do you have a temperature controlled lining? Are you giving us freezer? Can you hold frozen items? I can hold frozen items. I'm giving you full zip around. I'm giving you have to purchase it at register. It is not free, Um, but you probably will lose me within the first two weeks. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? I think that's honesty. And I think that's putting it out into the universe. (laughs) (laughs) But listeners, do you know what you're not going to lose? Any of the advice we're about to give you. Ain't that the truth. Way to segue, babe. Okay. We're going to take a quick (laughs) break and we'll be right back with Jen Teller. 
MeUndies got style for everyone, from all black classics to fun expressive prints in sizes extra small to 4XL. And they use sustainably sourced materials and work with partners that actually care for their workers. Also, I gotta point this out, there is a particular technology that the folks at MeUndies would like me to discuss. Now, you know Naomi is sex negative and I am sex neutral, so I didn't want to have to say what this technology is, so I asked friend of the show, friend in real life, Mort Burke, to say the phrase. So, okay, here it goes. For any listeners with penises and testicles, I can say medical words, I can say medical words, you might be interested in me undies sophisticated contoured pouch and ball caddy. What's that again, Mort? They're incredibly comfortable contoured pouch and ball caddy. Wonderful. Thanks, buddy. Okay, soft underwear comes in all packages at MeUndies. So to get 20% off your first order plus free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash therapy. That's MeUndies.com slash therapy for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. And we're back, honey, with Jed Tullock here to help you handle your scandal, honey. You see Jed doing the work? Jed out here, honey. Jed said, I'm going to get my hair right so I can get on this Emmy-nominated yes. show. Okay? And then yes. she did that. She is out here living her truth, having a fun time doing it, bouncing from place to place. <laughs> Emphasis on the bouncing. Sometimes not even from place to place, just in place. Just bouncing in place. Just bounce. We get questions from all over. We get Instagram, Twitter, Gmail. Voicemail is, of course, our favorite Naomi. What? is that number we love you vms call us baby 323-524-7839 there is a three minute limit so really aim for two and a half okay because you're gonna get cut off and then we ain't gonna even know the crux of it i, so, I gotta tell you this first one clocks in at just around two and a half there you they go. did it they did it they did it here we go hey andy and naomi um and whoever the guest is today um i'm sure i'm uh, I sure, surely I like you all. I don't know. Who knows? You could have someone I hated. Uh, never mind. Anyway, um, so I'm listening to the podcast today. I'm listening late, but with Steph Tolles, and you guys kind of got into um, the one of the advice questions. Uh, the 27 year old that doesn't want to date, but is wondering how to get into dating. The uh, paradox question there, but. Uh, Naomi, you got into something about like um, how you kind of become one with your partner and then when people want to hang out with you, then they think the other person is invited. And I think I, I lived through that being the one that was the plus one a lot. And I'm, I'm still in that relationship. I've been dating um, the same person. I've been with my girlfriend for about four and a half years. Um and that is really frustrating. But through the pandemic, it wasn't really an issue because uh, we didn't really do anything. But now that we're doing more stuff, I'm kind of just like, I don't want to do anything, actually. So I've been kind of declining invite. Um, but the the advice end that I'm going to lean towards is like, yeah, I'm not commenting on that. I'm not giving her advice. I'm asking for uh, additional advice. <laughs> I've, In my experience, and it might just be like because we're two women that – People commonly ask me questions about my partner, and it's, I know that, like, that's nice, but when I flip it on the head and I'm like, I literally never ask people about their partners. I don't even ask people about their relationships or if they're dating, like, coworkers and things, but, like, 
That seems to be the first question people ask me is like anything they can think of that is about my partner. And I'm like, I was mean to someone recently, as in yesterday, because the first thing they said to me upon seeing me was like, ask me a question about my partner. And I'm just like, I really said, ask me something about myself. And like, Mm -hmm. I just want advice, like, how do you not be a bitch about something like that? Because it is kind of hard and people don't understand it. But I'm just like, I, in the beginning of the relationship, sure, I was, I was open to answer all questions, you know, but now I'm just like, what about me? What about me? I'm, I, we are not one person. I'm, anyway, I think we're approaching the three minute mark. That's the question. How do you not be a bitch? <laughs> okay, also, as soon as she started talking, I said, is this a southern lesbian? Is this? <laughs> I know. I was like, the hair, the hair on the back of my soccer shorts done up. I was like, my people. Um, also, I so appreciate that person's honesty. Yeah. Because yeah. that is, yes, we've all felt that. You know what yeah. I mean? Where you're just like, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, what, what what is your advice? Well, I mean, what do you think? I mean, my, part of me is like, because it's true. It's like, except for, we don't like it when it's the first question out of anyone's mouth, right? It's basically about someone else. But of I do get that a lot. Of, if I go so out of party, I'm like, uh, where's Naomi? Well, I was going to ask you. Like, <laughs> where's the one I wanted to talk to? I didn't want to hear about the X-Men or Pavement. I wanted to talk to Naomi. What do you uh, say, you I, I, I'm just polite about it. That's the thing where I'm just like, well, I know like this person is like, it's not like my bosom friend asking. I love when you say bosom friend. <laughs> you know what? I want to, I'm going to make a solemn vow to you, Andy. Next time I see you and Naomi is not present. The uh, only thing I'm going to say is, oh, thank God we're alone. <laughs> Finally, we're alone. <laughs> Finally. I can't wait to talk about the Louisville indie rock scene of the early 90s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yes, this is a real problem. And I also think. And and my experience, it usually has to do with there being maybe a partner who's a little bit more like sanguine or uh, not charismatic. Everyone's charismatic in their own way, but but maybe is the one who's driving more extroverted more. Yeah, and or normal. She (laughs) made me think that that I could probably be better about not asking people about their partners first because I think I do that. Yeah, it's like low hanging. Well, it's fruit. a way you, it's low hanging way to show it, interest. Exactly. It's a low because you're like, what about that person I know you're with all the time? Right. That's what I you're see. Saying. I remember something about you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, because it's so it's so funny because it's like something I make myself ask because really I don't care, but it feels like it is the <laughs> right thing to ask a person. Yeah. Right. Like, how is your boyfriend? And I'm. What do you like, do with single people? Oh no no no! That I have stuff to talk about. But I'm saying like, if I know someone's coupled, like a, yes. my, my friend has a partner. Yes. I don't actually really care about their partner. Oh, of course. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. will ask because I know that that's the thing to do. You know what I mean? Yes. But that's the thing yeah. you're good at. I think this is, this is the thing where I'm like, I don't ask those kind of questions just because like, I'm not good at, I noticed that when friends of ours have babies, Naomi has all these questions she knows to ask them. And I'm uh. like, I'm like <laughs> studying her. I'm like, Oh, that's a question to ask. Oh, interesting. Cause I'm just like, Oh, you have a kid now. Huh? <laughs> Like it doesn't like that. This is the thing I, I said normal before because it is to me like when someone asked me that question, I don't take offense because I know that they're like, oh, I'm going to have a normal conversation with Naomi. She's going to ask me normal things and I'm going to know how to answer it. Andy's going to say something <laughs> weird about like Heidegger and what COVID is doing to his insides. And I, Well, I do keep that at bay with strangers, but like <laughs> – <laughs> or not strangers, but like people I don't know. Within a well. window. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Only only my good friends get that real, you know, <laughs> shotgun blast of anxiety to the face. Well, it's, I got to work towards it. I see. I have an inspiration. <laughs> 
but like but like i think of it more as like and i wonder if the caller is like this if they're just like less there's also another possibility with this where like people know you more than me naomi so they know they kind of know what to ask you already and and right there's a familiarity there because i kind of talk about who i am publicly right and so with me they're gonna have to struggle for some questions i mean they can just ask normal stuff and i will answer normally i'm not i'm not that like uh, <laughs> psychically uh at pluto but like there i think that there's an easiness with some people because they know what to ask and so like they're fine with that so they don't automatically go hey how's your partner the person i really mm. want to talk with or whatever or for some reason like that, I think, is something is why that question comes up often because it's on the script of questions you should ask someone uh, or the per- they're more familiar with the partner and they don't want to have to struggle f- to th- come up with a question. Right. Or maybe <laughs> uh, maybe the caller, like I am sometimes, is off-putting and strange. <laughs> we don't think that about you, really. No, but like we would love that about you because I personally love your just everything where you're like because literally the question is how to not be a bitch. So yes, yeah, so how do I like, not be a bitch? Like, and okay. you know what? Honestly, like for one thing, I would argue it's kind of okay. I, I think if you're like <laughs> if you're asserting yourself, live your life. That's on that person, you know, to like absorb it or not. But I also think in the in the world of like, what questions do you ask in in like social scenarios where you're not incredibly close with that person? Yeah. I'm trying really hard not to ask people what they do yeah, when that's I'm great. Them that's great. It's like a shitty question. And so I say like, this sounds like such woo woo therapy speak, but I do ask it. I'm like, what, what's exciting you right now? Oh, because that's, that's a nice one. That's a and I one. do think that's kind of a placeholder for any of the other like flashcard questions because I'm just like, what's going on for you right now? Yeah. And, and so if you get, I think maybe if that person is asking you about your partner, you just redirect and you say, yeah, she's good. I'll tell you what's exciting me though. Um, What COVID was in my insights. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly though. I think that's right. It's like, she's good. Like, you know, or if you are a jokester, like I would be like, I don't know, ask him. Or it's like, honey, I don't know. That's why I'm out the house. Like any kind of way you can sort of make it a little fun, right. To just be like, or, or it's like you should ask her. You want her number? And then yeah. it's like you know you could like do that kind of thing to just. Like, God, I wish I knew. I haven't seen her in weeks. <laughs> Honestly, I was hoping you, you would it. know. Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard from her? Here, can you help me put up these posters? <laughs> That's right. That's the move. That's the move. That's the move. Make some posters. Here, I got. Look, uh, I've said this before. I used to to get out of like those kind of weird conversations. I would ask someone. How are you feeling inside? Yes, I've said that before. But here's a new oh, one. That's really lovely. I think it is nice. Uh, uh, and I think it redirects this kind of stuff. Well, and also, I said my favorite thing about that question, though, because I've been with Andy when he's asked it, you weed out the people you want to talk to real quick. Because you can tell when you're talking to somebody, oh, and they're yeah. really like, what? Like, they don't like, you know what I mean? They don't, they don't roll with it. In which case, you're like, okay, bye. And yeah. then other people who are like, oh, haha, but then they will answer you. You know what I mean? And like, it's, I right, like questions right. that weed people out and get them moving. Sure. <laughs> Keep them moving. Yes, but a vetting question. Give me a vetting question. <laughs> if you want a safe populist thing, there are some things I do that all other people do. And I'm not talking about brushing my teeth. Ooh. I'm talking about there are certain TV shows I watch that a lot of other people well, watch. Yes, you do That's the very media. safe. Very safe. When, you, when you're talking to someone and yes. like, you're not sure how to go, then suddenly be like, oh yeah, I did see, uh, 
Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness or right. the you, House of the Dragon. Exactly. There are like certain yeah. populist things. And as long as, you know, your Venn diagram intersects with a handful of those populist things, I say, hold on to those babies for dear life. <laughs> those are are your life raft. Those are your life preserver. Those are whatever that thing is you inflate when you're in a yellow jackets plane crash. I know that was not in Uh the water, uh but uh still. Yeah, your life reference. Your life vest. I could not reference the American Dad episode that uh, was just just the season. But I'm saying that's the (laughs) non-populist version. That's the (laughs) non-populist is, oh, the American (laughs) Dad episode from the season where there was a plane crash in the water. But what I'm saying is, Hold on to those babies for dear life yeah. through the through the rapids of the conversation. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. De- yeah. But I do. I mean, I do think it's like, you know, deflecting it real quick, talking about your thing. I like what you said, what you're excited about. I recently had asked somebody because it's like I found myself. I was I literally said, so what do you do for happiness? <laughs> <laughs> because I was because I was about to say what do you do again? I was he redirected to real fast, and then like, yeah. I didn't. But then I was like, oh, I don't want to. I don't care about his job. But it's more like, okay, what are you into? Like, what are you about? Yeah. Right? And so, so I said, what do you do for happiness? Which I was like, okay, that was not a cool, normal way to phrase something. <laughs> but what do you do for happiness? It's actually pretty great because it's not like what do you do for fun or what do you do to relax? What do you do to curate happiness? <laughs> Where is your joy? How do you do it? Tell me everything. <laughs> and that voice, definitely. Absolutely. Jen, have you gotten a good answer for what excites you? Yeah, I think not dissimilar to your, the way your question sort of weeds people out. Um, you know, if you're at a gross party where you know the people are, are not going to be super soulful and and forthcoming, you know immediately because a person is going to say, uh, I'm excited because uh, I finished writing my pilot and you're oh. immediately white <laughs> out. I just white yeah, out. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Gray. it's just gray. It's like oh, a yeah, yeah. television set that, that does not work. I, just, <laughs> I see snow. Or they're like, uh, well, I really tried to learn writing with my left hand uh, the last couple of weeks and I finally got to the point where I could write a sentence with my left hand and I was like, you were my friend. <laughs> is it that's how you spend your time and that is the answer i'm looking for thank you yeah i mean if you were to ask me that today i would be like i'm excited because i found a probiotic that's really working for me okay and we love that have i belched once in this uh in this conversation the answer is no so but you know what i need bit. a probiotic maybe i should do that because let's talk I'm just oh, every have- which way with food i'm having all sorts of gastro and it's funny, hey, though, because okay. last night I had the pain. And I was like, oh, I haven't had this pain in a while because there was a point at which I was taking a damn antacid. I was like ch- taking my um, antacids every three hours for days. Yeah. Naomi had an IV hooked up to her mouth filled with Tums. <laughs> it was like dark, dark, dark. Hold on a minute. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hard Tums well, and the I... IV comes to my mouth. Um, we are going to offline about gastro stuff okay. because this is – the, the only book of poetry I've ever written uh, <laughs> is about the, the litany of things I have done to uh, to poop differently, frankly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So um, I have a lot of I have a lot of things to talk to you about okay, if that great, is the case. Great. I'm okay, sorry, we love but... that. You guys join the Patreon if you want to know. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll spill the secrets on the Patreon. I'll tell you what's exciting <laughs> me. We got a CO2 detector that tells you like how much CO2 is in the room. And we found out that our apartment, we we need to be opening up the windows because it sucks it here. And it's actually decreasing our brains by 15%. Yeah, it's like 
It's like at this level of CO2, brain function may decrease. You may find yourself fatigued. Are you living in the Himalayas? Like, I don't understand. No, it's just like a very, it's a very like closed off apartment. So we started opening the windows today and it's dramatically increased our brain power. You do both seem giddy. I was going to say, I said, girl, this is just fresh air up in here. You get me on a fresh air day. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. I have to have nasal surgery. Because, I mean, sorry For to flirt. For your collapsed cavity? I'm collapsed. I have, yes, I have what's called, uh, I hope this isn't too R-rated, but it's they're called nasal polyps. And oh. um, yeah, they're not cute. It's basically, mm-hmm. you remember the in Matilda, the chokey, which was sort of the, um, the like, <clears throat> tiny closet covered in spikes that the evil Miss Trunchbull would yes. put not children in. That's what my nose looks like. So, oh, no. um, but with cartilage. So I have to go in and they've got to sort of excavate all scrape of it. it but scrape it out. Say, until then, um, I am getting about 50% of the oxygen I was before a month ago. Oh, and so I'm both a mouth breather. Imagine dating in this moment. Not only am I a mouth breather, I'm certainly snoring. um, And I just get really dizzy easily. So when I'm trying to like listen to a new person talk, I'm like, "Uh oh, okay. What's exciting you? (laughs) Over, just dead on the floor, passed out immediately. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. That's so Isn't funny. that great? Between your stomach and my nose, I mean, I think we could really, we could really run this thing. <laughs> we could really run this down. Jen, do you have time for one more? Yes, please. Okay, I'm gonna give you guys a choice: serious or not so serious. Naomi. I want the guests. I want you, the guests, to decide. Ooh. You know what? I'm, let's say serious. I feel like we had a, a, a sweet, tender-hearted moment today, and I'm here for it. Let's All right. do it. All right, let's go with this. Hi, Naomi. And Andy and whichever fantastic friend you have this week. This is kind of a heavy question, um, but I know Naomi likes the voice crack, so <laughs> I can probably deliver on that. I've been wanting to call you uh, for years, but things have changed recently, and I guess it would heal my heart a little to hear your advice. I was married for 14 years. Two years ago, during lockdown, my spouse started to transition, and I felt so lucky to be part of that. After a few months, she wanted a divorce. She wanted to have new, authentic experiences as herself. wanted a fresh start. And I think I understood that I was pretty heartbroken. After all those years, you know, she was finally so happy. And I didn't get to be part of that. That's when I originally wanted to call you all, just to ask for help processing that. (laughs) But last week, or whenever you play this in the best, (laughs) she died in an accident. Our divorce never even finalized. And now I'm <laughs> an eccentric widow before I even got the chance to be like a grumpy divorcee. <laughs> Legally, it's so confusing and there's so much to do. And emotionally, I'm devastated and confused and mad. I wanted to be petty. <laughs> I wanted to be petty for years about her leaving and being immature 
And now I can't. And I was going out for him. I'm really good at doing things more so than feeling things. But I was filling out a form for the mortuary, and I was writing down my credit card number so that I could uh, pay for the services. And I realized I was going to get rewards points for cremating my wife. And I started to laugh, and then I started to cry, and then I was just alone. And I'm wondering, very gently, if you and your friends can offer me some advice on the many layers of grief that I'm experiencing. I love you. Thank you. Oh, my God, honey. <laughs> honey, we love you. Thank you so much for calling. I cannot even imagine what it is to go through it, let alone share it. Mm. So thank you so much uh, for trusting us. Um, damn, you've been hit with one. You've been hit with a big ass one. That's what it is in this life, right? Like, you know, sometimes you just get hit with some shit and you said, how? I was just out here trying to make a life. And then it just, the biggest curveball decided to come. And I'm so sorry. Oh my goodness. Can I suggest one thing uh don't deny your pettiness mm. you're allowed to feel how you're allowed to feel don't deny like in this process because so many different feelings come up um don't like push one down don't don't try to because it's gonna still come out and it's gonna the energy that you push down is just gonna come out in stranger and stranger ways it's okay to be petty especially yeah. in this situation that's true that's true i also think that in situations where you you're a person that sounds like you have so much empathy um and you're so acutely aware of the experience of the people around you for me i think when i've been in situations where somebody i cared about was going through something that was so big and important to them where they were living a truth that had previously been denied to them it sounded like you you just wanted to lead with love and be a good person to this person. Um, I would say, though, to echo what Andy said, like, this is your pain, though. Mm -hmm. I think it's okay that it's your pain. You know, I don't, you're not taking anything away from her um, or her memory by, by feeling the full breadth of your grief because you were a person that lived alongside this person for so many years and however it seemed like you know it shifted in the end like to, to me that that love is still love mm -hmm. yeah. and so you're grieving that love even if it it changed costumes in the end i mean figuratively like you know if it changed that the scenario or the dynamic changed right. the shape of the relationship changed. right right and uh, i would just say um i'm sending you a lot of love and i can hear the pain in your voice and it really hurt my heart but i you also sound like somebody who's incredibly with it and by that i mean like you you your heart and your mind sound like they're connected and mm. i think you're already winning when that is the case even in the deepest dark yeah if you can recognize the kind of like ridiculousness of death and especially in our society like 
it it really is funny. Like, oh, I'm going to get points on my credit card right. Right. for <laughs> cremating a loved one. Right. right. I'm going to like. Oh, I have a coupon for a casket. Like the, right. the ridiculousness of death in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, I mean, of, yeah. Oh, look, I mean, look, that's been like. <laughs> You know, a central theme of literature for hundreds of years is the absurdity of this whole thing. Yeah. Well, can, can I, go sorry, go ahead. No, no, please. I'm going to share something personal, but I it feels it's on my heart, and I want to say it to this person. I lost someone in my family uh, who took their own life this year, and I've been in my own processing experience with that. And I think the moments where I could it was the least containable for me is when I would not let myself be mad uh, because it felt disrespectful to the memory of that person to be angry with them. Um, and even though in this case, I don't know the the details of, um, uh, of the, the full story or situation. I, I feel like being angry at death is a, an experience like we're not conditioned to do. In fact, I would argue we're told not to do that. Mm-hmm. And like, that was so important for me to be rageful. And I didn't even know what I was raging against. Like it wasn't against her. It wasn't against my idea of the the universe or God or whatever my language is for that stuff. Now, I don't know what it was to. Maybe it's just like the absurdity of death. Maybe it was just like raging against the absurdity of death. But like, I, I do think that I, if anyone asked me after that experience that I had, like, how do I move forward through a grief process i would be like just get fucking angry mm. it's yeah. actionable fury is actionable you know yeah. yeah 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 rage can be very galvanizing that's what i say when i have you <laughs> seriously like when you're angry yeah. it does you know you yeah. get it is energizing it can really be energizing yeah. sometimes if that's what you need but it, but i think what you've both said you know andy and jen like this idea of right feel letting yourself feel all the feelings as they come which means yes what you said is like laughing and crying you know, to me, you know, one of the first things I think of, you know, was this idea when I said you were hit with one. It's like the idea of a, ain't that about a bitch? Like when something <laughs> happens when you're like, ain't that about a bitch? I was up in here mad at you and ready to, you had to go and die on my ass. Ain't that about a bitch? Okay? I was in the middle of my mad. I was in the middle of my mad. And now you out here dying on me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like Rude. and letting it be all of it and not being afraid of it. I think, you know, obviously, conversely with that, you know, because you mentioned being alone at that time. Uh, what is your network right now? Who are the people in your life you can go to? Uh, if you have health insurance, is there a therapist you can go to mm-hmm. specifically for grief? You know, I know that there are, you know, grief counseling. That is, you know, a real specific skill that people have. Mm-hmm. And it can be something you do for six months to a year or longer. But I'm saying specifically about what you're dealing with. I mean, you know, you reach out to some therapists and say, lay out the situation the way you laid out for us. Oh, who? you yeah. don't get a referral, sis. OK, you gonna get somebody who's <laughs> like, I got you. All right, we're going to slide and scare this. Like it's, you know, so I think that's another thing, you know, again, as you said, you're good at doing maybe the research of finding a good person who can help you with this. You know, maybe it's a twice a week situation because you're in it right now and you're in something that, you know, there's, again, whenever someone dies, you know, even when someone has been ill or when someone's old, it's still not something you're prepared for, you know, in, in terms of the internal preparedness. So especially an accident, Especially of a person who, you know, you were just like, as you said, wanting to be petty against. 
you're not, you need, you need help going through it as well, which I think, you know, in part why you gave us a ring, you know, and I thinking that, I think that's something, you know, and as well as the people in your life, that's why I say both. It's not, you know, obviously we talk a lot about therapy on the show. It's not like, go get a therapist. It'll be better. I just think there is value in the one way conversation. The selfishness of it. There's value in it. externalizing your emotions. I know that like when I, I was freaking out about some COVID-y thing over the weekend and ke- keeping it in. And then when I told Naomi about it, I felt better. Right. She hugged me. <laughs> I felt better. And just the act of externalizing, of reifying these feelings and making them real and being able to hold them up. Uh, uh, like a shiny orb in your hand, mm-hmm. and then hurl it against the wall, and then hurl that, you know what I mean, like whatever it is, orb against yeah. the wall, whatever, yes, but whatever. Mean, but like just the act of like making it manifest in the world. But specifically for me, what I'm what I'm really advocating here is specifically uh, with another person whose job it is to listen to you. Uh-huh. Who, who, you know, because I think, you know, whenever we're going through things, but, you know, grief things, and I say something like grief because it's something that is hard for people to hold and take in, and it's like, what do you say? It's like, I'm rooting for you. I'm thinking, you know, there's so many platitudes around grief that when you're really in it, you don't want to hear that either, right? Mm-mm. And so you want a person who, you know, has language around it, who can hear everything you say, someone who you don't have to worry like, oh God, am I tainting the memory of this person by telling this other person how I feel? You need that person who don't know nothing about this except yeah. for what you're going through. And you can get as loud as you need to get and you can get, a, you can go to any, there's no supreme too far when you're in a therapy setting, which is why it works, right. you know, because there's no self-measuring. And I would also say like, man, I, I hope you're, I know this sounds like such a woo-woo platitude, like you said, Naomi, but, but truly like I, it's so rare. I want to take care of my body when I'm sad, Mm. but it, it doesn't help if you're, I know it's hard to sleep. I know it's hard to eat. It's like all of those things because your body doesn't want to experience pleasure, but like drink some water and breathe even in, even in the worst of it, because it won't help. It won't help, Mm -hmm. but I think it will help you from a further dip. And I, When people would say that shit to me, I got so mad. I was like, you drink a glass of fucking water. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you're pouring what? it in my mouth. <laughs> yes. And when you hear it, you're like, okay, you can go and, and fuck well off. But it is true. And I, w- I would just say, I hope I hope you're doing what you can for, while, you know, taking care of your heart and your mind. Because it's all, it's all connected. That's true. That's very true. Find something to binge this is always these are this is my grief thing i mean most of my real grief has happened before uh streaming but most of my real <laughs> grief has happened before streaming no one before per- streaming. <laughs> no one super important to me has passed away uh since since netflix since netflix since netflix began streaming original programming okay but what you're saying is, but be careful what you binge, okay? No, no, no. But I've said what what I wanted to say was yes. find a medium program. Medium. Find find something that is engrossing enough, right? Uh, not to distract you, but just to give you a fucking break. Yeah. Because a break from because the, the grief, grief, real grief is overwhelming, right? Because right. you are now like the the universe has like 
uh, you, you've been shoved into a, uh, an, an alternate dimension where someone doesn't exist mm. anymore. Right. And right? Then everyone else is like going about their lives and you're just like in the grocery store being like, how are you all acting like this? And like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Right. Yeah. This is like, like, it is, this is so dumb. I, when my aunt died, so this is like, uh, mid to late twenties, uh, she died and it, uh, like, it was a lot because I, uh, I don't have to tell you how important my aunt was, but like, um, uh, at the funeral home, we were doing something and uh the funeral director like farted and i like i'm like looking around no like are we not what's what's going on what's what's happening here that this is like that uh uh but i could not uh no one else was with me in that real in the reality because they were all non-comedians and so like that but um uh the 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 moment the comedy of the moment is enough to like so you got to find something that's a medium that's a medium it can't be too emotionally devastating and it can't yeah. be too lightweight it has to be something that is like uh uh a a funeral director's fart mm, the this way level. up is an Irish series there's two seasons of it yes Sharon Ashley yes. and you know what. I laughed and I cried that whole time and I watched it when I was grieving and I gotta tell you, I think it's a good bomb. Yeah. All right. All right. A good bomb. All right. That's my wreck. That could be an option. That could be an option. You know what? I will pay for you. If you don't have an Acorn subscription, I want you to write me at <laughs> Gmail at Couples Therapy Pod and I will reimburse you for Acorn. You can get some British programming on there. Their half hours could really be a mix of both. I'm serious. This is legally binding. If you need Acorn, to access programming. And I know it sounds silly, but you really are doing whatever you can do at this point. Thank you, Andy, the weed whacker. You're do trying to do whatever you can at this point to get through your days. And sometimes it'll be one, you know, not every day is going to be it. And you just sometimes you are going to have days and nights and times when you just need a distraction. You just need to put something on, you know? And, um, if you are a journaly person, you know, you can put some feelings there if you want. You know that kind of stuff. I don't even want to say something like, as rude as journal. But it's also like places for you to get some of these feelings out. Because you, it, it is, it's going to take time. It's going to take the time it takes. But I just think it's really important for you to have a network. You, can ha you have a person you can talk to with some regularity where you can let some of this out. And also, you know. As you said, like, how to process this unexpected thing. Unexpected. This is bullshit. I'm very sorry. This is bullshit. I'm not so mad, mad for you. It fucking sucks. Fucking it's, sucks. No, that's not cute. But, but you sound very cool. <laughs> she does. Oh, my yeah, God. For Points. Sure. Points. Um, okay. This was a real one. Feel free to uh, send us another VM. Follow-up thoughts. Um, I feel like we'll probably also get follow-ups and comments from the listeners. Our listeners are very engaged, Jen. Okay. So trust me, people I, are out here. I know I have one. <laughs> oh, I've so come out. I've done it. Now you know. Hey, you came out as a this listener. Oh my God. We love it. Wow. 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 Was that, which was more difficult? just stand up and both of your faces are on my sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Andy, Andy wants to know which was more difficult. Coming oh. out just now to us or to your parents? Oh, hands hands down to you guys. <laughs> yeah, are you kidding me? I was terrifying. I, I was terrified. I, I, you can't see, but I peed on the floor. You peed a little bit, like the Exorcist oh, yeah. girl. 
Religious parents <laughs> in the early aughts, surrounded by teaming homophobia, cakewalk. <laughs> this, I was like, well, what if I don't set them up for a good punchline? <laughs> it is, there is a certain, I mean, obviously you're joking, but like there is, <laughs> there is a certain vulnerability. I always, when I compliment someone, like, oh yeah, he can't do it. It normally. is very like, <laughs> like I, 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 I even in the beginning, I, I kind of like pushed as fast as I'm like, well, we're fans of yours. And then I pushed past it. But now as I was about to say it again, I stuttered. I was like, uh, uh, I can't I say this because there's a weird vulnerability to saying that to someone. It is vulnerable because it's about something you care about. And you're like, I'm telling you that you're it. <laughs> I know. But I, you know how I've tried to process it now? And obviously you read the person because you can tell when somebody's standoffish and not having it. But it's more yeah. like. We all know being in this business, the insecurity of it. We know that how, um, you know, even when you, even when you're quote unquote thriving, you know, you don't know if it's going to last or maybe it's not even as much thriving as you think, you know? And so I kind of think of it like, yeah, maybe this person would like to hear, you know, in this setting, like, you're really great FYI. Or it's like, or even like, sometimes like, I love your, I love the work you do. It's something I say. Cause, yeah. Cause I know sometimes people will be like, I love you. And it's like, well, you don't know me or that feels empty, but it's like, no, no, right. no. what you put out yes. means something to me. What, what you, you're putting you out bring into the world. Me joy. Yeah. Like exactly. you, the things that you choose to do bring joy to my personal individual life. Exactly. And like, that's what I think, you know, well, I'm actually expressing that to both of you. And, oh, and that's yeah. why I'm, I'm grateful because it's one thing to be like, oh, I know who you are. And, <laughs> but another thing like you have effect, I have, I have gone and intentionally watched videos of you when I was having a bad day. Wow. So like, uh, I'm too honored. See, and I can't take compliments. I give them out, give them out like candy. Can't take them at all. I'm but that's so sweet. Oh, I'd love an email. And then I could start. You know my it son and grandmother it. always says, if a compliment occurs to you, say it out loud. Mm-hmm. And I do think she's right because you never know what people are going through. And exactly. I do think that like little little treats, little bits of, of it's true. Uh, of it's love. True. Yeah. You have to say give people their flowers. Because here's the thing, because you know, this we also do work where, for instance, I may do something. But then, like, it was that one moment, right? Like, it's like, I may have yeah. done the set, and it was all the anxiety about that, and then it went out, and it worked. Yeah. But then that's kind of it for me. So it's only in right. other people telling me what they felt. It's like, that's what kind of makes it real <laughs> or alive or feel like, mm-hmm. oh, this exists past that 30 minutes. Yes, mm. exactly. And so it's like, that is valuable. And Lord knows, you guys, I be laying in this house, okay? So if I do venture out, I do need a compliment. I need a compliment just for venturing out. If you see me out, just tell me you like it. Because, I mean, getting out was, <laughs> it, you don't know what it took. You don't know what it took. Showered? Cleaned? Come on. I will tell you that members, plural, of my family still say, now shit's gone sideways and we both need a Kickstarter. Um, oh, which is a quote snap. from your Two Dope Queen set, which is about you and Angie. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. that bit. And I, there are members of my family that I don't even see that often, that that is one of the things we have. It's like the share, the, the way we will cackle about like what? that part the of evangelicals? Yes. Okay, can I be uniting America? Should I run for office? Should I run for office? Yes. Okay, I'm so glad you you picked up what I was putting down because the next thing I wanted to say to you was, will you please run for U.S. Senate? <laughs> oh, no. Don't join those sickos. <laughs> Andy, I think you would be an incredible senator's husband. Well, well think about I it. Mean, I mean, look good you. at pastels. <laughs> yes. Jen. Sir. Jen. Yes. Jen. 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 
Y'all. This was rejuvenating. This was heartwarming. This gave me life, the way the kids say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know what? If I had the use of both of my nostrils, honestly, I think I could do a full cartwheel. But I might be able to just from <laughs> the full heart I have from talking to you both. I mean it. I always love talking to you and I love your podcast. So it was a real, it was an honor. This was a delight. Yeah, you guys, thanks, thanks, Jen. Hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.